Okay, so I want to go over our core four secrets really quick. So what they are is after benchmarking over 600 people, and um, I found that less than 5% of people are doing this, they're not drinking enough purified water to be healthy. And it's a national crisis. It's called cellular dehydration. Most of us are dehydrated on a cellular level. Core secret number two, chewing your food until liquefied. This one is the first step in digestion. Your teeth are there for a reason. They're there to masticate and chew up your food. Core secret number three, avoiding liquids with meals. Now that you've worked really hard to load your food with those enzymes, if you drink purified water or coffee or tea or beer or wine with your meal, you're going to dilute those digestive enzymes and go back to fermentation and gut rot. Now the last one is doing some breath exercises before you eat. So by taking a few moments, just a minute or two, and taking some deep breaths into the nose, then pause, and then out through the mouth, just relaxing and being grateful and showing some gratitude for your meal and for the people around you and just taking some time that blood will rush back in from your arms and your legs into the organ system so you can actually digest your food welcome to the secrets of success podcast I'm your host dr. Ken Keys well how much does your health matter you know, today's guest, Tim James, really takes us through his journey of being ill, nearly 40 pounds overweight, going to a clinic with his buddy who had cancer, uh, who was very, very ill, and how he looked at alternative methods that the healthcare system was not serving his individuals or his friend as well as his friend who had died of cancer as well before it, another friend. So a very, very interesting story. So as always, we thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. If we're like what we're doing, just pass it on, share, subscribe, leave a positive message. Uh, also, just leave us some comments as far as any uh, feedback, uh, some thoughts of maybe a potential guest that we could have on our show to be able to serve you the listener and so we thank you very much for that now as you know um, CRG is the sponsor of this show or maybe you don't and um, part of what we've been doing is we've been filming a brand new e-course called dying to live it's based on our stress indicator and health planner and we've revised that assessment so that you can benchmark your stress levels in five different categories and then step-by-step step, uh, look at addressing your stress levels and reducing it in each one of those areas. If it's interpersonal, if it's nutritional, lifestyle, time, occupation, whatever area that is affecting you, or maybe it's all of them, then really this becomes a framework. And if you have an organization or company, this is something that you know employee assistance programs or wellness initiatives in organizations are using uh, globally as well. So anyways, that's something for you to consider. Thank you for being a listener. So now here's our show with Timothy James. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's topic and guest is close to my heart because, you know, we love uh, this whole space of health and wellness. 
And today's guest, and obviously it's easy to pronounce because it's my son's name as well, Tim James, welcome to the show. Ken, thanks for having me here, brother. Uh, we sure appreciate your journey, and of course the audience doesn't know your journey yet. And you talk about your website, chemicalfreebody.com. But before we get into some of that expertise now, we always like to hear about your personal journey, where you grew up, some of the things that led to your situation here. So uh, give us a little bit of your background. We were talking off air that you grew up on sort of a mixed farm in um, eastern Oregon. So uh, tell us about that. Yeah, over in Eastern Oregon, right out of it's right out of Legrand. It's in between Pendleton and Baker. So some people know about the Pendleton Roundup. It's a pretty big rodeo, but we're about an hour away from there. And um, I didn't grow up in town. I grew up out the base of Mount Emily. It's kind of north part of the valley. Uh, grew up on a cattle and hay farm, and we had Hereford cattle and and uh, grass hay. Did a little bit of alfalfa hay. And my best friend was like a rodeo star. I mean, literally, we were you know, hunting and fishing pretty much every day and swimming in rivers and hiking around in the woods and having a good time. And um, I played a lot of baseball. I played baseball at a pretty high level for about 30 years. And um, But at age 37, I had uh, found myself about 38 pounds overweight. I was uh, had uh, eczema. So let me just stop you there, Tim. And, and I'm the kind of host that really wants to dig in on behalf of the audience. Yeah. Uh, baseball star, active on the farm, and now 38 pounds overweight. How, how did that happen? Well, um, you know, I, I moved to, I actually moved to Portland, uh, to the big city, and um, got a job in sales. And, um, you know, I just uh, wasn't uh, moving my body around as much. And I was, you know, eating standard American diet. And eventually, you know, when you're younger and you're, you know, when you're playing baseball at a high level and you're training and doing sprint work and, you know, you can burn that stuff off. But after a while, it just, uh, you know, catches up to you. And then I was eat, actually eating more food. You know, I, my kids, you know, we'd go out for a nice breakfast for Sunday morning or whatever. And whatever my kids or wife didn't finish, I'd eat the whole thing. So I just, well, I of just, course, because dad's not going to waste any food. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I kind of grew up, my mom and dad kind of grew up with that depression mentality. They're a little bit older than I am. So, um, and they're about 80 now and I'm 47. So. Anyway, um, that was kind of in the back of my head, you know, finish your plate, finish your plate. So I finished everybody's plate <laughs> and, uh, you know, ended up uh, with all this extra weight on me. Mm. Wow. Now, you mentioned you were in sales. What were you selling? Well, in the beginning, um, I was, when I first moved down here, I actually got a job as a, as a, as a server serving at a restaurant. And then I worked as a, on the weekends uh, as a secretary at Fairlawn Good Samaritan Retirement Center, which is a kind of a nursing home deal. I got a lot of experience like seeing what people that didn't take care of their bodies looked like and it was not a not a pretty show or medications and their brain's mm. not functioning right and all that stuff. And very few people would actually come in to see these people in the nursing home. It's pretty sad. And mm. um, but um, anyway, so I moved out of that and then I got into um, car sales for about two and a half years. The only reason I did that was because one of my best friends, his dad was um, uh, an uh, one of those agents for a financial advisor for Edward Jones. And I remember I bought this rifle from him and he gave me a super good deal on it because he bought a new one. And I mean like a really good, like $400 for a rifle that was probably worth a thousand bucks and a scope that was worth 400. And he said he made like $400,000 a year. I couldn't even wrap my head around that much money because my dad had worked his butt off at the state highway department for years. Maybe, I don't know, maybe 35,000 a year, something like that. It was like 10 times what my dad had made. 
And mm. um, he said, hey, if you ever get a chance, he goes, go sell cars for two years and then get the hell out of there. And he goes, that'll give you the best sales experience you can have because um, people come in there and they don't like you. And if you can do good at that, you'll be able to do good in, in selling um, anything. So um, that opportunity presented itself. I did it for about two and a half years. And like you said, I got the heck out of there. And um, I just treated people the way they should have been treated. And I did really well in, um, in that. And then I moved on and be became a mortgage broker and then eventually became a financial advisor. And then that's where I was. Uh, it's kind of funny because I ended up doing the same thing that, that he, he was doing. Uh, just, just, just as an independent. Um, and that's, Did you ever think about going back on the farm with your folks, or, or to do something in that space at one time? No, not until like um, actually yesterday. <laughs> I actually thought about that. I actually thought about that yesterday. It's like I was telling my girlfriend. I was like, you know what? Because I was down there again. I'm like, I just kind of miss this stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm. I mean, I've been actually. That's not completely true, but because I've been thinking about doing a farming deal with my my little brother, because he's a farmer too. Mm. And, um, but then when, when he got killed in a mountain biking accident, that kind of shattered that dream. That was about five years ago. So, but we were thinking about more and going to Hawaii and getting like a coconut, you know, the, the coconuts and macadamia nuts and avocado farm and that kind of stuff. So. Sure. Some, why not, Tim? Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, have a, have a retreat over there too and have a health retreat where people could come over and we could put them on these raw living foods and get them on a healing diet and show them how to detox themselves and, and teach them how to make recipes and just let them relax and unplug from the, the technocracy, all the stress and, you know, and take a technology fast and, and reconnect with themselves. And that's, you know, mm -hmm. kind of how my journey um, got started and all this stuff. But yeah, so just recently I thought about farming again. I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, well, I'm, I really miss this. I'm like, I'm going to build my business and then I'm going to start a farm. There's no question about it. I really want to get back to that. Well, those of us that have grown up on a farm, and if um, you're listening to this for the first time, I grew up on a dairy farm and then left, uh, just because that's 24-7, and I knew that I was called to do something a little bit different. But you always have a connection to the land in that area, this space, you know, this outdoor space. Tim is too. Uh, nurtures your around soul. There's this, even okay, scientific mortgage research broker, that proves that. Overweight. So I get it. Now I get it. So let's just yeah, back so, up a bit. Um, so what happens is um, on, on my baseball team, this guy named Kalei Mahoy, he was the best shape out of all of us. He had a six-pack. He was from Hawaii. He looked like he's out, you know, surfing all the time. He was just tan and everything. And he got diagnosed with a stomach cancer. And he went through chemo and, and radiation and all that stuff. I think he did surgery too. And um, we ended up losing him. And this was hard. This was really tough because, I mean, I lost my grandma to brain cancer. I lost my aunt to skin cancer. I had other relatives with cancer. I mean, it's everywhere today. I mean, it's like, geez, it's everywhere. But I was thinking it's like for older people. And you think, well, people get older, they die of something. And, you mm -hmm. know, there's all this cancer talk. But when it's not really that close to you, but, it, it, I mean, it is, but it's older people. You just think that people get old and they die of something, right? So I didn't really think too much of it until uh, Clay got it because he was like 40, 40 years old. And um, we had to do a fundraiser because he didn't have insurance. And he left three little boys behind that were ages 6 to 17. And that was a really – I was just thinking, Jesus, I mean, because I got two young boys. And I just kept reflecting on that, but I didn't know what to do. I mean, I just kept reflecting. That's scary. What if that could have been me? But what do I do about it, you know? So I thought I was eating healthy. You know, I would read different books and, like, eat five meals a day and all this different stuff. And I was eating tons of protein. Like, if I went and got a chicken teriyaki bowl for lunch, I got extra chicken because that's good, right? You know, mm -hmm. I was drinking milk for my strong bones because I thought that was good for that. And I was just, you know, eating yogurt because that's supposed to be good for probiotics. And I didn't know that that wasn't true. So 
um, you know, you're, and I'm going along my life, and then right after Calais died, then one of my best friends, Charles, uh, got diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia at age 43, which is, an, I'm 37 at the time, which is a, a, like a blood cancer, and um, there's no cure for it at the time, so and it still isn't, but, well, based on what they said at the hospitals, and the, we were up here at Oregon State Health University, it's called OHSU, so they had the top specialist for CLL, or chronic lymphocytic leukemia up there, and um, it was pretty much wait and see, and then when it gets bad, they hit you with chemo, and then this when it comes back the second time, then it's you're pretty much toast, and then they put you on experimental drugs, and then you die, and that's pretty much the route. And we went through the support groups and talked to people, and I called it the revolving door of death because there's all these people in this room with chronic lymphocytic leukemia or lymphomas, and they looked white and pasty, and all they would talk about is like how many medications they were taking and how bad they felt. It was like a competition. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, dude, we got to get the hell out of here. This is, not, this is not lifting you up at all. This is depressing. So he decides to go to the Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida. It's a 60, 61-year-old 60, at the time um, alternative, like detox and nutrition clinic, where they put you on a bunch of fresh foods and fresh juices and all that stuff and try to teach people how to heal. I didn't know anything about it. Asked me to go with him to support him. And I'm like, sure, dude, whatever you need. So... We get on a plane January 1st, we land at West Palm Beach, Florida, we go to the, this Hippocrates Health Institute, and they put us on purified water and these green juices that are half made out of uh, sprouts, like sunflower and pea sprouts, and we're drinking wheatgrass shots a couple times a day. And, um, and, uh, and then the, I remember the first class, it was called Internal Awareness, it was developed, it was uh, given by this guy, Dr. Scott, and he was a medical doctor, and this guy was buff, I mean, like, he looked like he should have been on the front cover of a magazine. Come to find out, him and his wife were bodybuilders. And he said that he hadn't had meat in 10 years. And I was like, what? I mean, this guy completely shattered my whole image because I thought you had to have meat to build muscle. And I'm like, no, dude. I mean, I didn't even believe him. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, it's, I've, had, I've been plant-based for 10 years and my health has soared. And come to find out, he, was, he just turned 50 years old that day. And he looked like maybe he was 40. Okay, Maybe. And then all the people around there that have been working there 10 years or longer, they look like 10, 15 years younger than their age, some 20 years younger, right? And I'm like, okay, but I was still really, I'm skeptical, man. I had a notepad and a paper, and I'm walking around trying, how could this little podunk place be helping people heal the cancer? That can, it's not possible, you know? But I'm there for my buddy, but at the same time, I can't believe my whole reality is being shattered, right? So I'm questioning people and... Anyway, so we go to this class called Internal Awareness, and this guy spends three and a half hours educating us on from the time you eat food, what happens when you chew it to the time you, the enzymes that go into it and you swallow it and how it digests in your stomach and how it goes through the duodenum. It goes from acid to alkaline and through the small intestine, the large intestine, the organs. He explains everything. And at the end of that thing, I'm like, Jesus, how come nobody teaches people this? This is so simple. I'm like, this is just this is simple. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to convince us to and educate us on we want to get at what's called colon hydrotherapy or colonic. Are you familiar familiar with that? A little bit, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically now keep in mind like I'm a meat eater, right? And then when we fly there, Charles is like, oh, by the way, there's no meat, no dairy, no salt, no sugar. And there's nothing cooked under 100 over 115 degrees. So I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to eat? I was freaked out, but I'm like, well, maybe there's salads. Let's eat salads. Charles has got cancer, for God's sakes. Put yourself off to the side. Let's focus on him. But I was still freaked out. 
So colon hydrotherapy is where you set on a tube rectally. They insert a tube in you, or you do it yourself, depending on the machine. There's different ones. And water basically goes in and out of you for about an hour. You basically just go to the bathroom for an hour, and water gently goes in and out and cleans up your colon, which mm-hmm. is about you know five to seven foot long. Well, the average person, like Dr. Scott said, was that the average person has about six to 12 pounds of this impacted fecal material lining the, the colon. It's like this nasty funk and gunk and junk that's accumulated over time from the standard American diet, cooked foods, processed foods, fried foods, dairies, meats, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just going, oh, my God. And I elbowed Charles. And I said, dude, I ain't doing that thing. There's no mm-hmm. way I came it here to help you. Gross. It's, it is kind of gross just to talk about on air. So those of you that are driving, still stay on the road, please. <laughs> Don't throw up. So, but you know, but I'm like, I ain't doing this. There's no way I'm doing it. But dude, after three and a half hours of this guy lecturing, explaining everything down to the science, I'm like, to your intestinal villi, all those little hair-like structures that line your intestinal tract and how they get plugged up too. <laughs> I'm like, sign me up. I went up there and I signed up on that thing. So Ken. The next day, I go in and I get colon hydrotherapy or colonics. And this lady's there with me, and she inserts the tube, and she's like massaging my gut and everything. I was there for an hour, 50 minutes, and I come out. They weighed me before, and they weighed me after. I dropped 10 pounds. I had 10 pounds of fecal material in my, in my colon. And he said, most of you got 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag, and this is your problem, and you're all plugged up. And I was just like, whoa. So I felt so much lighter and so much better after that got out. And the record at that place was like one lady dropped like, I think it was 26 or 29 pounds of all that nasty funk and gunk and junk in one colon hydrotherapy session. Could you imagine? That's like, like a small dog inside of her. That's, so that's most actually people, a pretty big dog. Yeah. Yeah, it's a <laughs> pretty a good size one. dog. Man, yeah, okay. but they explain all this stuff. Like if you take our intestinal tract, like the entire intestinal tract, small and large intestine, and lay it out, his surface area is about the size of a tennis court. So imagine it just kind of being covered with a coat of stuff, mm-hmm. which is, you know, and it weighs. It weighs, it, it weighs, it weighs, it has a weight to it, and it's gross. So you get that crap out, and then they just start pumping all this stuff into you. So day one, my acid indigestion was gone, like day one at that place. And I was eating Tums and Rolades like they're going out of style. So for any of you that are, like, eating Tums and Rolades or taking Maalox and stuff like I was, there is big-time hope. Big time hope. It's the, it's mm-hmm. what you're putting in your mouth that's causing the problem. It's the acid foods. By simply changing that, that stuff just goes away. By Now, the first four days wasn't fun, I have to be honest, because they call it doing surgery without a knife. So as you switch over and you switch off the acidic standard American diet to all this cleansing and you know clean foods and water and fresh juices, the body starts um, releasing things and stored toxins in the cells and in the blood and the fat and the muscle tissue and the brain. And it's kind of like when people stop drinking coffee, right? They, they have headaches and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a detox. Well, it's like that, but it's like, you know, your whole life's worth of stuff. In, in, in the first 10 days on that program, you're going to drop about 60% of all the toxins your body's accumulated in your life. It takes another seven years to get the other 40% out. That's what they told us. So you're getting all this stuff. So night sweats, irritability, cold and flu-like symptoms, rashes breaking out. Because people are going zero to hero at that place. I mean, you're going all in, basically. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of those things. I didn't have the rashes. I saw people with rashes breaking out all over their neck, their arms. And then what was crazy was that parasites would be you'd see parasites like crawling out of people's pores one lady had a parasite crawling out of her eye and i'm just like what is going on so they explained it in the class that 
50% of us have parasites. Now, when we think about this, we think about those big, long tapeworms in the gut. Mm -hmm. But there's also lots of teeny, tiny ones that you can't even see. They're too small. And then smaller types of worms, like some, they explained in that class that when you're going to the bathroom, number two, you might start seeing uh, fuzzy stools, white fuzzy stools. These are these little white, can't remember the names of them, but there are these other types of parasites. So anyway. Like pinworms what, is another one. Yeah, that, that might have been it right there. So, <clears throat> so anyway, when you change the environment, these harmful organisms like viruses and bacteria and mold and yeast and fungus mm -hmm. and parasites pack their bags and leave because it's in, you're making it inhospitable for them. They like high acid, low oxygen. And what, what are we doing on that lifestyle? High alkalinity and high oxygen. So they're like, they're packing their bags and they're exiting. So that's that initial detox. Now on day five, I woke up and I felt like I was 19 again. I looked over at Charles and I said, dude, do you feel as good as I do? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you're going to make it, man. You're going to make it. I'm like, I've interviewed all these people. I've heard all these stories. This is this place. It, 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 you're going to do it. I said, I'm going to do this whole thing with you. Now, this is like redneck country boy eating, hunting and fishing and keeping five freezers full of meat for my parents and friends. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to give up all meat except bacon. I'm going to keep that because I figured I could, like, you know, make bacon mm -hmm. avocado sandwiches or something. And mm -hmm. then, but I was pretty much all in. And then on the plane flight home, I decided that after reading the China study, which is a book by Dr. T. Colin Campbell, which I highly recommend people read, probably the most definitive study ever done on nutrition, the biggest um, database of um, information poll, over 650,000 uh, researchers on that program. Crazy. Um, anyway, um, I just, yeah, I decided to, um, I decided to give up all meat because of the the soldiers that came back from Korea, American soldiers, they dissected their hearts of the dead soldiers, um, and like two or three hundred of them, it's like seventy-three point six percent had serious onset of heart disease already in their early twenties on the standard American diet, high meat. And I was like, geez, I have to have heart disease. I'm a ticking time bomb. So I just gave up meat completely, and um, I, I I did that for eight and a half years. Um, now, if you catch a piece a salmon and you smoke it, I'll eat a piece of it. But I don't go looking for it. I usually don't buy it. I might have an omelet here or there when I want to. I don't freak out about it anymore. But I'm pretty much 99, 98 percent plant based. And um, long story short, uh, my elbows, the eczema was gone in 60 days. The other skin issue, my shoulder was gone. Um, I lost 38 pounds in 60 days. I, I could feel my ribs again. I went from wearing larges and extra larges to smalls and mediums again like I was in high school and college. Uh, my energy skyrocketed. I started wanting to work out more, which helped me start sleeping better. And then um, the eczema on my knee took about eight months because that was a big patch before that was gone. And what you didn't know is that I had, I, had, I had to have surgery to have an organ removed before that. So I was really falling apart, Ken. And this, so my friend, uh, saved my life. So what organ did you have removed? I had my appendix removed, which is mm -hmm. um, probably one of the most important organs in the body because it's part of your lymphatic system. And it actually was thought of to control the bacteria in the gut. So um, everything in your body is critical. Okay. If there's no like, oh, it's no big deal. Let's just take out your spleen or, oh, we'll just pull out your, uh, your gallbladder. Right. You know, those things are important. Otherwise they wouldn't freaking be there. Right. Mm -hmm. So everything is very critical and you don't want to have any of that stuff removed and going under the knife and surgery on a, on a trip when I was down in Peru, ruining everybody's vacation is not something I ever want to do again. So my poor health didn't affect just me. It affected everyone around me, my children, my wife, her dad, who had, hardly ever gotten out on trips at all ruined his ruined everybody's trip you know and um 
so anyway, so I don't ever want to go back there again. So mm -hmm. out of fear, I just decided I'm going to do this. And then in 2012, Charles and I ran the, his idea, um, the 2012 Portland Marathon, uh, before he was even technically healed. And uh, that was pretty, that was an epic moment in my life, like finishing that marathon, crossing the finish line with him. Uh, I'd never done anything like that before. I mean, I'd chased elk in the mountains for long time, but I never Well, I've, I've run 10Ks, and I know that's hard enough. And I said, I'm not going to be doing a marathon anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We finished it. We had, and uh, Charles is alive today. That's the beautiful part of this whole story is that this man who got diagnosed with cancer was in fear mode. It was like a deer in the headlights. And he decided that he didn't want to die, and he was going to try to do his best to heal naturally. And he, he did it. And um, no chemo, no surgery, no mm -hmm. radiation. And he did it through um, attitude, which is number one, what I've learned in this industry. And then number two was uh, detoxing his body and flooding his body with good, you know, pure water and nutrition on a daily basis and exercising and getting good sleep and mm -hmm. letting the body run its natural course and let the immune system heal him. And that's, that's what happened. So that was, uh, it's great. He got to see his son graduate college and, and now he's off um, doing cool things and started a band and which he never thought he would do. And now I got a guitar too and I'm practicing. I told him I'm going to take over and be the lead singer someday. He's, he, I'm coming for him. So anyway, we're having a lot of fun with that. Well, there you go. And, you know, it's nice to be energized. Let's be controversial for a moment. Sure. And, you know, we're recording this when, of course, the world is uh, semi-locked down. Mm -hmm. and, and, in fact, you know, I'm in Canada and you're in the U.S., but um, the U.S. has actually suffered a lot of deaths from the virus. However, um, I was chatting with another health professional. Our... Um, observation is one of the reasons that the death rate is higher is exactly because the immune system of most Americans because of the diet are, is just poor. And if they were healthy, it would be like pretty well a non-issue. What's mm -hmm. your response to that observation that uh, myself and my colleague were talking about? Well, I, it's, there's two parts to this. Number one, I completely agree with you. Um, because if you have a lower weakened immune system, you're going to be more susceptible to all disease, pneumonias, flus, colds, COVID, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, I mean everything. And what happens is, is when people's immune systems drop, eventually their predisposition to a weakness will show up. Maybe in your family, it's, you know, it's breast cancer where, you know, my mom had breast cancer, my sister had breast cancer, my great grandma had breast cancer, my aunt had breast cancer, so I'm going to get breast cancer. Or maybe in your situation, it's like my dad had prostate cancer, my grandpa had prostate mm -hmm. cancer, my uncles had prostate, so I'm going to get it. And people think it's genetically programmed and there's no way to get out of that destiny. Not true. Dr. Bruce Lipton proved this years ago. He's like 50 years genetic researcher. and uh, He switched everything and flipped um, how they thought about genetics on its head. Now it's called epigenetics. So what they would do is, is they would take um, a healthy cell and put it in a petri dish, and they would add in a, con uh, a cancer-causing agent. They knew it would mutate that cell and turn it into cancer. Then they would study the cell and try to figure out the pathway so they could develop a, a drug to block it and then sell it to you at high profit margin and cure cancer. That was the whole idea. And they've been doing this for years trying to figure this out, spending billions. They still haven't figured it out yet. My whole thing is, like, if you have a healthy cell and you put it in something that's cancerous, that, that's it you change the environment of the cell, the cell, the cell then expressed itself in that cancer form. So why not just not put yourself in that environment? That's it. 
So don't eat foods that are toxic. Don't brush your teeth with, you know, if the, if the toothpaste is harmful if swallowed, contact the poison control center. Well, aren't you swallowing a little bit of that every time you brush your teeth? You know, um, how about if, you're, if your shampoo says sodium lauryl sulfate? This is a known carcinogen. Or how about cooked oils? Anytime you cook an oil, what I learned was is that it turns into a lipid peroxide. It's a known carcinogen. What is most potato chips made of? They're, they're cooked oils or expeller pressed where those expeller machines press the nut or the seed at high temp and create a high temperature and convert that oil to a lipid peroxide. That's like if I do any cooking, we cook the food dry and then we add the oil later. We never cook an oil because it creates a, it, it's a carcinogen, right? So, and, you, and it, it's stuff like this, and, but nobody knows this stuff. I didn't know any of this stuff. So when I went to Hippocrates Health Institute, they have like 40 hours of lectures a week. It's a school. And you get, it's kind of like a re-education camp of what the hell's going on in the foods and the shampoos and the, you know, the makeups and the clothing and all the things you're wearing, right? I was big into baseball, so I was wearing this stuff called Under Armour or Nike Dry Fit because it was awesome because it was thin and didn't, it, it wasn't like the old cotton shirts that would get heavy and, and the hot days you'd have to change them in the middle of a game. These things were awesome. They just, they breathed and they were really cool, but they were made out of polyester, and polyester off-gasses estrogen-mimicking chemicals right into your body. And what are most underwear and bras made out of? You know, polyesters and nylons and lycra. These are all toxic chemicals. And these shirts, after being tested, will still off-gas 97%. So it hits you everywhere, from the clothing, what you're breathing, you know, paint off-gassing inside the home, uh, toxic things in cars, pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, larvicides, all the things are spraying on crops. Um, glyphosate or Roundup. I mean, the list just goes on and on. I mean, they freaked me out. Like, I was freaked out. I'm like, Jesus, boy, I just want to get naked and not touch anything because I was scared. So I come home and I start checking my shampoo. Sure enough, sodium lauryl sulfate. Dang it. Got to get some new shampoo. Um, then my toothpaste, harmful to swallow. Got some new toothpaste. My shirts and clothes. Well, that took a little bit longer because, you know, you can just, I didn't have the money to like just buy a whole new wardrobe. I did have to buy new suits though because within 60 days I didn't fit in any of them. But mm -hmm. um, so so Tim, if we just stop for a second because you you have this sort of world of knowledge. Uh, when you came back, did you when did you transition into this business? Uh, to that's 2005. And how, how did that oh, wait, excuse there? me, 2015. So it was about five and a half years later. After that, it was about five and a half years later, and. Um, what happened was, is, uh, it was, I think it was like February, um, that's when my little brother got killed in a mountain biking accident. And that really hit me pretty hard. And I was just really upset for like six months. And I'd, you know, just think about him and get really mad and then like, you know, punch my bed, you know, because I didn't want to punch a wall and hurt myself for the wall. But I'd slam my bed with my fist. I was like <clears throat> screaming and it's like, because I was so pissed. I'm like, because when I, I was growing up an only child, I was given up at a, when I was a baby for adoption. And then my mom got married later, had a couple kids, my sister and my brother. And so I was 21. And when I met Troy, he was 15. So all, and, and, and my sister Shay, she was 18. So all of a sudden I got these brothers and sisters that I didn't have. And I thought this was like so cool. And Troy and I just really connected. I mean, we were both like farm kids and, and we just, we were so happy and he was actually pissed. He's like, he was mad at my mom for a while because he's like, all these years were wasted that Tim and I could have been together. So we ended up becoming very close, and then he got married, had a family, and we're really close. And 
And then to lose him was like, it was, it was gut wrenching. So mm-hmm. finally, six months later, I was sitting in my office one day and he went through my mind again. And I almost started crying. And I just looked up and I screamed it. I'm like, Troy, what do you want me to do? And I actually heard him say, do what you love and do it now. And I picked up my phone and I called my mentor in the financial services industry. I was, I was getting trained to take over this two point at time, multi-million dollar business. And I said, Jeff, I'm out. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm, I'm getting out of the financial services industry. This is crazy. He couldn't believe it. I mean, all the time and effort and money and passing the Series 7 mm-hmm. and the 66 and the insurance licenses and doing all the stuff and the training and everything. It's my income. I said, I'm out. And he's like, what are you going to do for to make a living? I said, I have no idea. I went and bought a dry erase board, big one, put it up, and I just started coaching people. So I had some money that I'd saved up, so I lived off of that for about um, – I did some private consulting work too, which got me by for about a year and a half, but living off my savings. and um, I just started coaching people for free on their health. And I kept doing my classes every week. We were doing classes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, doing, showing people how to juice and make these healthy meals and educating them on the power of detoxing the body and how the daily detox is so important because we live in a polluted fishbowl today. And, um, you know, speaking at churches and hospitals and anybody that would listen, I just kept putting the message up. I did this for five and a half years, Ken, before I even made it into a business. And then finally two years after that, in 2017, I hired a coach. And then he helped me to start charging for my coaching. And then eventually we developed our um, our supplement line because I got sick and tired of doing all this research to get, you know, because we use different types of detox supplements, and nutrition supplements as tools. Like if you want to dig a ditch, you need a shovel. It's easier than using your hands, right? Mm-hmm. So we had these specialized products that I would find. And then I would find out that the company would sell out to Nestle or somebody and they'd change the ingredients. So they put a synthetic in there. They put magnesium stearate or silicon dioxide or dicalcium phosphate or some of these binders and fillers and flow agents that are great for encapsulation machines, but not good for your body, you know, and some of these are like level three toxins on the EPA's toxin list, yet they're okay to put in supplements. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I started developing uh, my own products with Dr. Scott Treadway, and and now we have like eight of them, and now I don't have to worry about what's in them because, you know, we developed them. So that's kind of how the whole thing got started. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to, you know, because we think about our show, Secrets of Success, and my work is around life purpose and how important that is. So what would you say to people who are listening, who are really debating about this decision to leave, I'll call it a life uh, of training, to go in a different direction? What would your encouragement be to them? I always teach people from what I learned, which is, the, the the map in life, the roadmap. If you want, I like taking the complex things, Ken, and making them simple. And what I've realized is a lot of people are like, you know, go follow your passion or go follow your dreams. And those words have been so overused. A lot of people don't understand them or like, ah, oh, my dreams are over, my passion. I don't even know what that is. But following your highest excitement, that's the map. It, it and it and it works. So if you're excited about doing something else, then do it then start taking action in that direction to the best ability that you have to do that. Now, maybe you're at a job that you don't like, but you should get excited about it because it's providing you the income until you can do your other things. So get, stay really positive about that because you're a part of that process. You're still at the other job, right, or, or other business that maybe you don't want to do anymore like me. Keep doing it and then um, and start doing your other stuff on the side. Now, some, some people like me will just drop everything cold turkey. That's okay, but you have to prepare that there might be some financial struggle with that because it may take longer than you thought to figure mm-hmm. it out. 
I figured I'd figure it out in two or three years. I'd be fine. It took me about five years to figure this thing out because it was online. It was different. I, I'm not really a tech person. So it took me longer and I struggled financially there for a while. So just, but excitement is the map. It is the, it is the, the beacon to always move towards. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be little things like going for a walk or, or, or taking a drive or calling a friend. Whatever that you have the best ability to take action on, do it. Take action on that thing until you can no longer take action on it. And then look around and find the next thing you have the best ability to take action on and do that. That's the map. And the, the struggle with that is, Ken, is that people look at things like linear. Like if I want to get to point A to point B, I, it's a straight line. And that's not the case at all. Because if you try to force that straight line, it's going to be like you're running through tar. It can be very difficult. That's not what you need to do is follow excitement. Now, excitement might take you over to the left or over to the right. And it thinks you're off course, but you're not. And you're going to have fun moving towards that goal because you're part of the process. And then when you get over there, something else will show itself and you zip, zip, zip. And you'll end up going all over the place, but you'll end up at your destination. But you're going to end up there much faster. You're going to have much more fun along the way. It's going to be a lot, your life's going to be happy and enjoyable. And you're going to meet new people and synchronicities will come into your life. You, people and places and gifting and all kinds of crazy things by following your excitement. So for me, I teach my private coaching students, the map is excitement. That's it. You don't need any goals. You don't need any of this stuff. You follow your excitement, and I promise you this is how life works and how it can become an ecstatic explosion of joy and synchronicity. The more you practice it, the more it will reveal itself to you. You know, And if you boil this down, it's just simple. It's pure physics. What you put out is what you get back. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just that easy. The universe is going to reflect back whatever you put out. So if you're in a good mood, you're following your excitement and everything you do and you're staying joyful, you're going to end up experiencing things like I'll give you an example. The last two years, I, this was crazy for me. I decided I'm not going to pay a mortgage anymore. I'm not going to pay rent. I got divorced and I just went on a two-year tour basically. I'm finished, got my last one. And I started moving in with people that had cancer and they wanted um, they wanted help. So I'd move in with him for two months, six months, a year, whatever. I went around and helped quite a few people. I'm helping a gal right now with stage four cancer living with her. One of my goals is to, when I purchase my house again and build out my complex, is that I want to have a hyperbaric chamber and I want to have one of these vibrational machines. I want to have an infrared sauna and I have all this stuff. Well, all that stuff is at this house now. So this stuff will come to you in ways that you don't even know it's possible. I mean, I don't even own this stuff, but I get full use of it right now right? Isn't that cool? Like, I mean, it's like, this is what I want in my life. It's manifested itself. I didn't even, I haven't even paid for it, but I've been helping them detox their home, work on relationships, how to take care of aging parents and all the kind of stuff that they're dealing with in this house that creates stress. Well, it's and, interesting, Tim, you know, if you think about people out there who are um, negative and just really toxic themselves, and then they can't figure out why they can't find the positive in our life says, well, hang on, you, you know, like attracts like. So we actually only have about eight, seven, eight minutes left. If you can believe that, Tim, we just, threw this. Oh, I don't know if you're excited or not. I'm just, let me just check here. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty so, well, <laughs> That's right. Now with that, let's, I want to just back up for a second on behalf of the audience and just say, okay, uh, you've got a lot of stuff there. What are my basic building blocks starting points? Uh, for an individual uh, to start moving down this pathway of, you know, being toxic free or just being more healthy, period. 
So Absolutely. What are, so let's let's start with some simple things that people once the show is over they can just go do it like in three minutes from now. Perfect. Okay. So I want to go over our core four secrets really quick. So what they are is after benchmarking over 600 people, and um, I found that less than 5% of people are doing this. They're not drinking enough water, purified water, to be healthy. Um, this is a major problem because I call it, and it's a national crisis, it's called cellular dehydration. Most of us are dehydrated on a cellular level. And when your cells are dehydrated, you can't burn calories effectively and you can't remove waste properly. Your brain's not going to function properly. You're not going to be able to expel waste properly. Everything requires water. Our body's mostly made of it. Even our bones are 22% water. So we need water. Mm -hmm. So what's a, what's a number, Tim, that, um, you know, I have it in, in our listing too, but how much water should I be consuming relative to my body weight? Yeah, um, half your body weight in liquid ounces daily. So if you weigh 200 pounds, that would be 100 ounces. If you're a 100-pound individual, that would be 50 ounces. Now, if you're an athlete or you live in an arid climate where it's hotter, you'd maybe bump that up a little bit. That's pretty, mm -hmm. much, pretty much it. And what counts is water, um, fresh green juices with no sugar in them, no fruits, um, caffeine-free teas count. Um, like the hibiscus tea, chamomile tea, these types of things. Flax water counts, um, all that is for that. So if you do that one thing, I had one gal that just did that. She started drinking more water, and she lost 50 pounds in eight months just adding water to her life because she wasn't really drinking any. Change, it changed her whole life. Now, that's core secret number one. Core secret number two, chewing your food until liquefied. This one is the first step in digestion, and I learned this at that, that three-and-a-half-hour talk called Internal Awareness. Your teeth are there for a reason. They're there to masticate and chew up your food. And not only do they chew your food small so the digestion's easier, so you get good digestion absorption, but you have two ducts in your upper mouth and four in your lower mouth that secrete enzymes amylase and lipase. And amylase breaks your starches down and lipase breaks up your fats. So if you don't chew your food well, you're going to have a hard time digesting fats and starches and you're going to have gut rot and fermentation rather than digestion and assimilation of nutrients. So chewing your food is of utmost importance. And if you don't do it, the first domino in the part of digestion doesn't fall and you end up with gut rot and you end up with leaky gut syndrome like me, which is what I had where you get these little microscopic holes in your gut and then undigested food particles and microbes slip into the bloodstream and they cause inflammation and then your body will express itself in whatever predisposition to a weakness you may have, whether it's Hashimoto's, thyroid, headaches, cancer, whatever. So that's number two, chewing your food until liquid, and less than 4% of the population is doing that. So mm -hmm. you want, this is big time stuff because you do those two things together and wow. It's core secret number three, um, avoiding liquids with meals. Now that you've worked really hard to load your food with those enzymes, if you drink purified water or coffee or tea or beer or wine with your meal, you're going to dilute those digestive enzymes and go back to fermentation and gut rot. You don't want to do that. So we recommend stop drinking meals 30 minutes or wait liquids before the meal 30 minutes before and then wait at least an hour afterwards before you start eating again. Now, if you have stage four something, we recommend an hour before the meal stop drinking and wait two hours after or if you want to win a gold medal, right? You know, that's the optimal. And then drink a lot of liquids. Less than 2% of the population is doing that. And that's another one. You stack those three together, game changer. This is the sub-basement foundation to building a healthy body. And then and the last... Things are, uh, those things don't require you to do anything, really. Meaning, it's just a behavioral shift. Yeah, yeah. And we, yeah, it's, it's so easy. But most people aren't doing it. So what's easy to do is also easy not to do. Right. Fair so um, now the last one is um, doing some breath exercises before you eat. Most of us are very, very stressed out. 
Would you agree that we live in a stressed out society? Never, never heard of it. <laughs> so even if you don't think you're stressed, you're stressed. So we're in fight or flight mode almost all the time. And when you're in fight or flight mo fo mode, your blood leaves your organ systems and goes out to your extremities to fight something or run. You got a flight. So by taking a few moments, just a minute or two, and taking some deep breaths into the nose, then pause, and then out through the mouth, and just relaxing and being grateful and showing some gratitude for your meal and for the people around you and just taking some time, that blood will rush back in from your arms and your legs into the organ system so you can actually digest your food. And less than 1% of the population is doing this. So if you want to have the results of the 1%, the 2%, the 4%, and the 5% with these, these, these core four secrets, bundle them together, make them habits, pull out your phone, set reoccurring appointments in your phone to remind you every time it's time to eat, to do the breath work, to chew your food, um, and do these things, and I guarantee you your life's going to change. Mm. Now, we have, and I know this because we get people that hear me on a podcast, then they go to our website, they order the tools to speed up the detoxification and the nutritional process, and we call them, we try our best to call every person and just see what's up. And they're already getting better before the products even arrive by doing these core four secrets. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Now, Tim, we only have a few minutes, like a couple of minutes left, but I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of you. And boy, your time just flew by today. So thanks for your energy and excitement. Yes. So yes. uh, how can people get a hold of you, Tim, and find out more about your products and what you do and your coaching? And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we do a lot of, we do private one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also do private group coaching for people that, um, you know, want to stick their toes in the water on the coaching. I go, I go live every Wednesday and I coach people um, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And you get access to all of our manuals, the chemical-free shop, body shopping guide, the gut detox guide. I have class notes on proper food combining. I've got a stop smoking protocol. We've got Tim's badass bath recipes to help you relax and heal muscles and all. You know, I just got. I have so much cool stuff to share with people that I I personally used in my life and thousands of our clients have used. You can reach us at chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. And um, our products are all 100% wildcrafted. Um, there's no slave labor. Um, they're naturally occurring in nature. Um, there's no magnesium stearate, no silicon dioxide, no dicalcium phosphate. There's no toxins in our products. The whole idea for us is to get the toxins out of people. So we recommend people go to the savings bundles and just grab one of the savings bundles and get started on that. And then um, if they want coaching along with it, that's uh, it's pretty profound and it works. And or they can, you know, you're going to do a coupon for the Secrets of Success listeners, and what was that? Yeah, for their for their first order, they can just type in secrets at checkout, the word secrets, and they can get 5% off their first order. And if they're wanting to just get some products and some free information, then I have a podcast called The Health Hero Show. So The Health Hero Show is on a link on the website, mechanicalfreebody.com, or it's on the, all the major platforms. Excellent. Excellent, Tim. So to wrap up the show, what would be a final encouragement to the listeners for them around their health, their wellness, their stress? Um, I would say turn off the news and start focusing on loving self. You have to put yourself first. I see so many men, especially mothers, putting themselves last, taking care of everybody else, letting their health go, letting their weight go, letting everything go until a wheel falls off, and then everybody's got to rally around them. They go into a broken medical system that doesn't work, 
I mean, we're the sickest people we've been on the planet in the history of people walking around on the planet. The medical system's not working. Um, 3.3 trillion spent, and we're ranked 38th or 48th in the world, depending on the year. So we know it doesn't work. So put yourself first, because if you and be selfish, because if you really love your children, don't you want them to put themselves first? And by by doing that, you're leading by example, and you're inspiring other people to make those changes. And when you put yourself first and start loving yourself and taking care of your health and taking care of your you know everything about you. Other people see those changes in you and you give them inspiration and permission to do that for themselves and you really are setting a good example for your children. So um, yeah, that's it, man. Just turn off the news and put yourself first and and love self. That's really important. That's where it all starts and we need everybody to do that because we need everybody to be strong because America and Canada and this world is only going to be strong and as healthy as the collective. So we really need everybody to take care of themselves so that you can now bring your gift, your highest excitement, out to the world so that we can all experience that that wonderful gift that you have. And everybody has one. There's a purpose for everyone. That's why we're here. Mm. Well, thank you, Tim. And now stay on the line with us, Tim. But thank you very much for being with us on the show. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can do this again. Uh, you just never know. You never know. Well, <laughs> well, Secrets of Success listeners, you've been listening to Tim James. And so go to chemicalfreebody.com and find out more. Now, you know we've done shows before about taking responsibility for your health and wellness. And it's not that my friends are doctors, but the reality is, and Tim is correct, is that we need to take responsibility for our condition and who we are and really get your head around this concept of functional medicine, which is there's a root cause or contributor to our conditions. And so what is doing that? So as always, thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. If you like what we're doing, please pass it on. Let somebody else know about it. Leave a positive comment in whatever platform you're listening on. You've been listening to Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.